Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you to tuning in for yet another great episode of the Bucketeers podcast. I'm one of your co-host Tones. You can follow me on Twitter at TrickyTonesBGTE. We have another great co-host. We will bring him in in a minute. As you guys know, we had a fantastic giveaway that we ran on Twitter. It was for a Jaquiz, a Quiz Rogers game used left-hand glove. It's extremely cool. It, you know, kind of looks like a Spider-Man with the web on it sort of glove, but it's really cool. One of our lucky uh, followers will win that, one of our lucky participants, and we will announce that winner on next week's show. So we look forward to doing that. We look forward to announcing a winner. We look forward to one of our winners getting a piece of Buccaneers history. Um, they deserve it. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate our listeners. Um, and without further ado, we're going to bring in our other great co-host now, one of the man of many words, one of the man of many great Bucks opinions, Big Bukowski, how we doing? I'm doing pretty good, sir. Today, it's going to be an awesome, awesome, action-packed episode this week, sir. So, to begin with, we're going to start uh, talk about uh, our new center that I'm extremely excited about. And then we're going to give our uh, reactions to some, uh, some uh, unfortunate injuries that happened in training camp. And, um, yeah, we, we might talk about Earl Thomas, possibly maybe doing a thing. Maybe we can probably convince him to come for maybe really, 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 really cheap. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then we're going to do Red and Pewter at the very, very end, like we always do. Tones, uh, how are you feeling today? Doing great, man, and, uh, you know, it's another day and another day closer to the season. I believe two weeks from today is opening night in the NFL. How, how good does that sound? Uh, well, that's COVID permitting and other things permitting now, but as it stands, we're two weeks away from Texans-Chiefs, which would be a nice little game, and then we have a full slate of Sunday night football, and then we would have a Monday night football doubleheader as well. So uh, we are just two short weeks away from having a great Thursday, Sunday, and Monday no matter what. I took off work uh, that Monday and Tuesday, so I'm going to hopefully enjoy my Monday celebrating a Buccaneers uh, victory over the New Orleans Aints. Um, I don't care who their quarterback is. I don't care who's throwing red zone interceptions on their team. I'm just happy that we will be able to see Buccaneer football shortly. Uh, other than that, as you said, Big Buck, we do have another new addition. We didn't only bring in Kyle Love, a veteran a while back, a D-tackle, former Patriot and Panther. But now we had another veteran addition. This time it's still a lineman, but it's a lineman on the opposite side of the ball. This guy's played with Bruce Arians before. Um, he's kind of followed him around a little bit. But we're bringing in um, former Cardinals and Colts offense lineman A.Q. Shipley, a good, highly respected veteran lineman in the NFL. Big buck. I'm pretty excited for the signing. How are you feeling? I'm feeling awesome about this signing. Um, for those of you who don't know who AQ is, Shipley was selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the seventh round of the 2009 draft, which I'm pretty sure wasn't Bruce, the offensive coordinator. Yep. Yep, he was. Okay. So Bruce had a hand in drafting him in the seventh round. And he bounced around a little bit. He got traded a few times, um, but he 
signed his first multi-year contract in 2017 with the Cardinals, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, he has a lot of different accolades. Some of them kind of more exotic than others. For one, last year he was the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award nominee for the Cardinals. Wow. So, and he's he's been all over the place, 11-year veteran. He uh, he won as per ESPN's block win rate. Shipley won 96% of his matchups. Mm. Fifth best in the league for centers. So, he's he's solid big guy well he's actually kind of undersized at 6-1 but he plays big for sure and uh tones here's a little uh trivia for you here sir he is one of two nfl centers since 1967 mm-hmm. to have start to have started an nfl game snapping to three different number 1 overall draft picks he snapped to Murray, he snapped to Palmer, and he snapped to Andrew Luck. Mm. So, very interesting stuff. I'm really excited about him having some veteran presence and depth. Tones, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, that's that's really crazy that he has had the privilege to not only snap, <clears throat> excuse me, not only snap, but to block for three guys like Palmer, Murray, and Andrew Luck, three incredible quarterbacks, all different kind of. I mean, Palmer is your prototypical pocket passer. Then you had Andrew Luck, kind of the mix in between a pocket passer and a scrambler. And then you have Kyler Murray, the full-on scrambler. So it's really interesting seeing A.Q. Shipley being able to do it for each of these different style quarterbacks. So I think that's great. And as you said, Bruce Arians is part of the Steelers when they drafted him. Bruce Arians is part of the Colts when they played for him. Bruce Arians is part of the Cardinals. Now A.Q. Shipley follows him to the Bucks. I just think it's telling. We all know how great and highly of a respected guy Bruce Arians is in the NFL. So for Bruce to have this respect for A.Q. and for A.Q. Shipley to have this respect for Bruce and to follow one another to each these destinations is pretty special and as you said that win block rate being a top five center you can't go wrong there I mean in this COVID year yes people may say oh we're giving all this money to all these offensive linemen well in a COVID year we have to you never know what happens, and it's never a bad thing to have too much depth for Tom Brady. Just say one of these guys, as we're familiar with as Bucks fans, making the big dollar, don't play to their performance money-wise. We have great options. We'll talk about those in a bit, but we do have great alternatives, whether it's Josh Wells, Joe Haig, or now A.Q. Shipley. We did stack our backup basket. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what they're saying because all they do is complain about the offensive line. Well, now, hey, if we complain, we have pieces of the puzzle that could easily replace one of those starting pieces. May not be, you know, the big names, but it's great names, good veterans that get the job done. All these guys are fantastic. And with that being said, as we're talking about how important depth is on this team, we have lost two guys in the past week to season-ending injuries. They're both on the offensive side of the ball. One was supposed to play a prominent role in special teams, and one was our emergency quarterback, actually, Bruce Arians has said, if he was to make the roster. John Franklin would have been a wide receiver and
been our emergency quarterback. And Logan, as you guys know, Logan, our kick return, punt returner from last year, sometimes played as a pass catching back and as a third down back. They both suffered different season-ending injuries. Big Buck, what are your reactions to these injuries, and what type of injuries did they suffer exactly? Uh, well, I'll go ahead and start with Franklin, unfortunately. Um, by the way, John Franklin the third, being a um, last chance you. He was in last chance you. I remember yep. that um, when that was such like a big thing, and I remembered that. And um, it, it's it's kind of hard. He was carted off on the practice field on Friday after suffering an injury to his left leg. While the nature of the injury hasn't been disclosed. Um, it's not looking very good is what Bruce Arians said. Um, the NFL and the NFL players association agreed to some changes in the injury reserve rules for the 2020 season to deal with the coronavirus pandemic. But because Franklin went on an I went on IR, uh, before September 6th, he cannot return to the field and the mm -hmm. Buccaneers in the 2020 season. And that's hard. Um, and it's, and he was on, like you said, he, he got signed on to the practice squad on November 13th. And then he eventually got into a kind of an emergency role. Um, that that kind of sucks. I was rooting for the guy cause I remember watching him on Netflix and I'm, you know what, this, this won't be the last of him. We'll have him next year for sure. As for TJ Logan, this kind of irritates me. Do you know how he got injured? How, didn't you get injured on a contact play? Not, it was supposed to be non-contact. Right. It was supposed to be non-contact. And uh, Quinton Bell tackled him from behind. Mm -hmm. And, yep, down he went. It was horrible to watch. Damn it. I know. I think uh, somebody remembered uh, uh, hearing Mike Evans kind of bark on the field, like, that better be a cramp. And it, it was not a cramp, unfortunately. Um, and also the defensive players were also not very happy with it. Jason Pierre-Paul wasn't uh, – he – commented you can't do that those are your teammates um it's unfortunate uh so let's just kind of take a step back because that's a that's a rookie mistake yep. if i have and then that only hurts the team you can't get caught up in the heat of the moment you can't uh, it's if it's supposed to be non-tackle, if it's supposed to be kind of softball, let it be softball. But don't try to go too hard and and hurt one of your teammates because T.J. Logan was supposed to be our freaking kick returner. Yeah. And now, I mean, <clears throat> it was either going to be him or Antoine Winfield, which that might have just opened up an opportunity for Winfield there. But anyway, Tones, yeah, unfortunately, that's what happened. Um, I wish both of these guys a speedy recovery, and it definitely hurts our team.
Yeah, we we all as Bucks fans and Bucks covers, Bucks um, podcasters, we wish these guys speedy recoveries. Even if you're not a fan of these guys, you hate to see it, and you especially hate to see the Logan freak accident because, as uh, Big Buck said, it was supposed to be non-contact. Contact happened from Quentin Bell rookie mistake. He's, you know, he he might be gone. So that that that. Yeah. that that's something that could easily cost you a roster spot right there. But we know the importance of having depth this season. NFL is going to make some exceptions to the roster, give them more leeway for having people on that roster with COVID. Here were two guys that were definitely going to make either the Bucks roster or practice squad one way or another. They were two good depth guys, and now we don't have the opportunity to have these bodies, which is crucial for Sundays. A lot of people might say these aren't the biggest names, but and a year with COVID and a year with aging players, it's going to be very key to have some good backup depth, not only backup depth, but depth that's familiar with the Bucks. Both of these guys were around the playbook last year. So in a short and off season, both of these guys have familiarity with the playbook, not only the playbook, the coaches, a lot of their teammates. So, you know, it always hurts to lose two guys who are familiar with um, that and, you know, TJ Logan it was supposed to be a return man. He showed some signs last year, so it is sad to see a special teams guy go down, especially when the Bucks rarely have good return men. And as you said, Antoine Winfield's uh, vying for that role now. I've seen Sean Murphy bunting has been back on punt returns today in practice. So those are things to keep eyes on. I mean, uh, it, it's just interesting, though. We don't really have that prominent returner. We're trying to have position players as that. And that could be okay, but then that prompts these guys to more injuries too. What if Shaw Murphy bunting or Antoine Winfield's returning a kick or punt and something bad happens because, you know, a missed block happened and then they get hurt? I don't know. So I would like to see the Bucks have their Logan return guy, have their special return man. I think Raymond Colias could play a role there. He was a seventh-round running back taken for us. I think he might play a return role. But at the same time, a lot of our rookies have either been on the COVID list or have been banged up like Tyler Johnson, Raymond Colias, Keyshawn Vaughn. These are guys who have been getting their feet wet barely to this point because of either, either being on COVID list or injured. So it'll be interesting to see how much of a role these rookies play. I do expect Khalil Harris or D-Tackle. Tristan Wurst, our offensive tackle, Antoine Winfield, or safety. I do expect these guys to play prominent roles. The other ones I'm not so sure you, uh, with yet. I think uh, Chappelle, the uh, edge rusher from uh, Temple, has looked good as well. So I think it's going to be interesting. Um, we got a lot of good rookies, but they're not going to go bad because as we learned this past weekend, we had – a lot of false positives arise on the occasion, and it was on a Sunday, so th their protocol right now is to test on game days. If this were to happen, if we get the results back on a game day, say, you know, I know the Jets, Steelers, Bears were among teams with false positives, and, like, some of those false positives included some big-time players. So just imagine it's Sunday morning, Bucks get five false positives. They happen to be Tom Brady, Levante, David, Cameron Bray, Ronald Jones, etc. That would be detrimental to a season especially if they're false positives because they should be able to play, but they wouldn't be able to play all because the test wasn't able to do its job. 
it scared the crap out of me having these false positives because I thought they were they were real positives when I heard the news at first. So I freaked out. I'm like, oh, this is going to be killer for the season. But the next thing you know, they're false positives. So you have a sigh of relief, but then you look back and you're like, oh, that's probably not a good thing either that there were this many false positives. Big Buck, what's your reaction to these false positives and their uh, potential impact on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays? It just sounds like a conspiracy theory waiting to happen, honestly. Like, let me paint the picture for you. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and you, mandatory, have to take a COVID test before playing. What if Tom Brady tests positive for COVID? What happens if, like, like you said, like, O.J. Howard or, or Gronkowski or Tristan Wirfs or any of our star players, what happens? They're not allowed to play in the Super Bowl? Like, and then it comes back as a false positive? I would quit. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, I'm done. I'm done. This is my opportunity, and it was ripped away from me for no reason. But I pulled up an interesting article by uh, Barry Windler and the Star Tribune. And he, uh, he got a couple of quotes here in a statement with the bioreference laboratories said that the test results on Saturday were contaminate, uh, <clears throat> sorry, contaminated during preparation and the, in the lab in New Jersey. Uh, 11 clubs were affected and the tests were re-examined and found to be false positives. So they're blaming it on this contamination protocol. And it, that has to be the most frustrating thing on the planet. And it's just going to hang over people's heads. Honestly, up until we get a vaccine later on, um, I don't really... <sighs> There just there needs to be a better system here. Tones, what do you think, man? I totally agree. There needs to be a better system. This can't happen. Contamination, if it happens at this rate, how are we assured that it's not going to happen again? And as you said, what if it takes place on a Super Bowl Sunday? That would be wild. Uh, Blaine Gabbert needing to play a Super Bowl game potentially over a false positive. I mean, I guess the Super Bowl is a long time away. A lot could happen between now and then. There is hope. I've heard um, different vaccines are in the works, so hope Hopefully one of these vaccines could come out. Hopefully we continue to get better testing and uh, hopefully we continue to fight the virus and hopefully we continue to win the battle. But it's tough right now, as we've seen in the NFL, it's it's a battle that's hard to win. Um, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So it's interesting what's going on with these false positives and around the world. And it's very sad to see what's happening in terms of not only the violence that's going on around the world, but the hurricane that's Hurricane Laura and now it's turning into a tropical storm in some parts, but we want to give our thoughts and prayers to those affected by the storms and the violence going on around the world. Our friends and family in Louisiana and Florida who have had a bunker up, and I've heard this hurricane has been termed as uh, deadly by several uh, news outlets, so that's very sad, very tragic. We've, we've seen how much these hurricanes can impact football with Hurricane Katrina and the New Orleans Saints from back in the day, and this is 
an awful situation. We've had, uh, I think, three years ago now, three all three teams in Florida were postponed week one. The Buccaneers had their bye week week one technically because of a hurricane. We have seen impacts at hurricanes playing football. So our thoughts and prayers go to everybody in the States being not only affected by the violence going on in our country, but by the hurricanes as well. We, we are with you guys, and uh, we, we just hope everybody stands strong at this very moment right now. Man, you said it. It's really hard right now. It's real trying times. Um, everyone, I have family in Louisiana as well. So I'll be praying for them every night. Maybe hopefully they can, you know, they're, they're tough people down there, 100%. And I, I hope they can manage. Um, but anyway, follow us on Twitter at Bucketeers. And like Tone said in the beginning of this episode here, we are about to – actually, not about to. My bad. Next week, we're going to be announcing the giveaway winner. This is a Jaquiz Rogers glove, and it's cool. It looks exactly like a Spider-Man web. It's sticky, and it's game-worn. So stay tuned for the next show next week, and you could be in this to win this. Just be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bucketeers. Yep, follow us on Twitter is Big Buck said, and Big Buck, I, I'm praying too for your family in Arizona. So I hope they, or not Arizona, I'm sorry, in Louisiana. I hope they stay safe. Um, I have. I wish we had a hurricane right now. <laughs> We're so dry. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're we're kind of in the middle in Illinois. We we have dry spouts and wet spouts, so it's kind of crazy to see all this um, different, you know, weather and uh, conditions all over the United States. It is wild, and uh, we'll 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 go from storms to potential storms a brewing because of our kickers, as we know. Uh... Yeah, that's a big sigh because, as we know, probably since Matt Bryant, I mean, Connor Barth was okay, but probably since Matt Bryant, the Buccaneers have not been able to establish a good kicker. It's just very hard. We've heard suggestions that it's due to our stadium, but let's be honest, they're struggling in competition year in and year out, so I don't want to hear it's the stadium's fault because they're not only struggling in our stadiums. I remember from previous years, Matt Gay missed in Seattle last year. Other kickers have missed elsewhere. I mean, it, it happens. It's a thing. Um, they miss everywhere. It's not only Tampa Stadium. Just ask Mr. Gay that, but there, there is a competition going on, and we have Matt Gay, a rookie. And the thing that gets me with the Bucks, Big Buck, is we keep drafting these kickers. We keep overpaying for these kickers because, as you know, a lot of good kickers come undrafted or from other football outlets or from soccer, whatever the case might be. They're not coming from uh, NFL drafts half the time. So the need that the Bucks keep drafting a kicker every couple of years, we're trying, nothing's working. Now we have a competition between Mac A and um, Fry, Big Buck. What's your thoughts? Who's going to win this competition? I don't know what's going on here. I think if I walked out on, you know what? You know what? I have an answer. I have an answer. You want to know what my answer is? What? 
Nadonica Sue. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he can kick a damn field goal. Get his ass out there and fucking, like, try to uh, kick a freaking field goal, man. I. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, okay? We're having mad flashbacks, okay? Roberto Aguayo, uh, Nick Folk, uh, uh, and then, like, my heart, my heart hurts, man. So it's supposed to be a competition. Bring in another person. Get somebody on the street. I like you said, the best kickers are never really drafted because it's absent of the superstardom role. And then that means anybody can just walk on and just magically kick field goals and he gets paid. You know, do that. Have tryouts. Get somebody in there, you know. I'm just – I'm good. I'm good. If our offense is good enough, we don't need a kicker for what I'll yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, yeah, man. Tones, I'm okay, man. What do you think? <laughs> This kicker competition, as you said, hopefully it's not needed with our offense. We do have an elite offense. Maybe we'll go for two every time. I, you know, we've seen more teams doing that as the extra points been moved back. But for real, I just wish we could get a damn kicker who can make anything within the 45-yard marker. I mean, let's be real. The PATs in the 30s now, you should be able to get good enough reps in where you're almost automatic within the 40. I don't really care what you do 50 and above. It's a crapshoot no matter the kicker. But be automatic inside the 40, the 45. There's no excuse to miss. There's no excuse to miss these important field goals, and we're seeing it in practice already as both Matt Gay and uh, his co-counter, Elliot Fry, have been both missing. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top. I think Matt Gay wins. I kind of hope Matt Gay wins because we drafted him. I don't want to waste another draft pick on a kicker. And oh. and Matt Gay, Matt Gay did show signs of promise last year here and there he did but I mean at the end of the day I trust coach Arians I trust um coach Armstrong the special teams coach I I trust everybody making the decisions here general manager light so hopefully we make the right decision on that but without further ado Big Bukowski are you ready for another fantastic episode as always as uh, for our beloved Rudder Pewter segment I am super duper uber ready for Red Imputer all day. Actually, all week. Sorry. We don't do this. If we did it all day, I mean, that's a lot of content. I don't know if we have the time to do it all day. It would be fun, though. But without further ado, you guys know how it works by now. We bring you three Bird and Hot Bucks questions, and we give the answers. Red means disagree. Pewter means agree. There's no right or wrong here. This is just minor Big Bucks opinions, as always. And we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys loving the show. We appreciate you guys respecting our opinions as we respect all of your guys. Nobody is right or wrong in sports takes that's a beautiful thing in sports until the outcome happens and you're right or wrong so we'll see how this goes question one we did ask our bucketeers group chat on twitter and we asked on a tweet out of the buccaneers twitter we have the results but do you agree with them big buck 
out of the um, list we named in Group A, it was Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Cambray, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Group B was Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, LaShawn McCoy. Group C was Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski, Ronald Jones, and Tyler Johnson if he plays. Which group do you like having the most impact on this 2020 season? Which group is your favorite? Twitter answered B, and that is the Godwin, Howard, and McCoy group. Do you agree that with that is the best group with the best chance to succeed, Red or Pewter? Uh this one was a little unfair. I'm going to go pewter on this one. I think that it's 100% right because you have Chris Godwin there, and he's at least – if he stays healthy, that's an easy, like, 1,100-yard season there. And then you have McCoy, who – I can definitely see him getting about four or 500 yards. Easy, peasy, lemon squeezy, and maybe even a couple of – couple of touchdowns um really depends on rojo's uh productivity in the offense and also his stamina but then we also have oj howard here and that one was a little bit trickier because me and you both agreed that uh gronkowski was going to be the the horse that tom brady was going to ride right and he was going to pretty much rely on him for the, at least the first maybe quarter of the season and to really kind of get his rhythm with all the other players and develop. Because the chemistry that Gronk and Tom have are from years and Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And they play well together. They uh, rely on each other. Um, but anyway... I'll still say pewter. My answer, though, was because I am hot on that scooter train. Yep. I want Scooter. I want Scooter to win. I think Scooter is going to – and by the way, Scooter is Scotty Miller. Um, but Tom Brady calls him Scooter, and I love it. it it's going to stick. That would be a good another uh, question there. Do you think, Red or Pewter, do you think Scotty Miller will ever shake the Scooter nickname? So, uh, well, yeah, that would be a great question. I agree with you there. See, this guy comes up with him on the spot. On the spot. No, it's okay. I'm just rambling right now. Sometimes I can just pick, cherry pick my, my words and then kind of combine them and poof, magic happens. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I voted for the scooter one, but. They're absolutely correct. I'm going pewter. What do you think, Tones? I'm like you where I voted for a different option, but I do agree pewter, that option was the right option. I didn't Don't vote. tell me you I voted didn't vo- for. <laughs> I didn't vote the same option as you, though, because I voted for Mike, Ever- Mike Evans, Cameron Bright, and Keyshawn Vaughn. And Keyshawn Vaughn's not, not going to play. Like, he's, he's hurt, you know. Right, right. And th- that's where I regret my answer. But my decision was based on because Mike Evans, 
Tom Brady is so excited to play with this guy. He is the closest thing he's had to Randy Moss. I think Mike Evans is going to have a Godzilla-type season. I think this guy is going to continue being one of the best wide receivers in the league. I think Tom is showing in training camp, as we talked on last episode, his arm strength is definitely still there. And with guys like Chris Godwin, Gronk, O.J. Howard, Cam Bright, Scooter, etc., the defense can't always double-team Mike Evans like they used to, okay? Right, right. This Buccaneers offense is maturing. Mike Evans is going to get that one-on-one downfield coverage because I bet you defensive coordinators are like Saints fans out there or uh, yeah, not even going to mention that route. But I think there are <laughs> defensive coordinators, there are like Saints fans out there that think, oh, Tom Brady lost arm strength. Well, I think Tom's going to prove him wrong. I think Mike's going to prove him wrong. And then in the Cameron Braid aspect of things, I think that Cambry is going to get a good amount of touchdowns this year. I think his hands are great, and I think in the red zone he's going to use them effectively. Tom Brady likes those guys who he could trust, and when he likes those guys he could trust, he not only uses them, but he uses them often. And we know that Tom Brady always has a big arsenal. He loves Cameron Braid already, he said. So I do expect at least seven touchdowns out of Cameron Braid this year. I know that number might seem high, but – Hey, if this guy could get close to that number with other quarterbacks, I think he could certainly do it with Tom Brady, a guy who's very effective in the red zone. And we haven't had effectiveness in the red zone much from the offense the past few years. So it will be fun seeing Tom Brady's effectiveness in the red zone. But like you said, Keyshawn Vaughn might not play a lot this year. He was on the COVID list. For those of you that don't know, that doesn't mean he necessarily had it. That just means he had to sit out because he was around somebody with it or possibly had it himself. So, It'll be interesting to see. We know Tom Brady does like his running backs, but the Patriots drafted a pretty good rookie running back last year, and he really didn't play until the depth was sought off. And to me, Daria Goombawale might make the roster at this point with Logan going down. Mm-hmm. There's been nothing said about Goombawale being a threat to not make this roster. So if we have LaShawn McCoy, Ronald Jones, Daria Goombawale, we have Raymond Calais, too, and Keyshawn Vaughn, that's five running backs. We're going to have to factor in, you know, one by one. But let's be honest, Rojo is going to be the majority leader. Then you have LaShawn McCoy right behind him. If Dari makes the team, he has to play a role because why else would he be on the team? You know, so he's going to play a role in that. He was a captain last year. I don't know. I don't necessarily have high hopes for a Goomba Wally. I know EMT Ashley claimed to send Dari to the sun. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily would be that harsh into sending my brother Dari into the sun, but it wouldn't be um, an awful thing seeing him gone. If that means that Keyshawn could progress, you know, I don't know how Vaughn is quite doing. I don't know how he's looking. My thought is, you know, it's off to a slow start, but I do agree. B was the best option. Godwin solid, Howard solid, and LaShawn McCoy was solid for the Chiefs when they gave him chances to play last year. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys could play for depth roles. And speaking of depth, question two, Big Bukowski, Redder Pewter, you are happy with Joe Haig, A.Q. Shipley, and Josh Wells, three highly respected veteran offensive linemen who have not only had success in one spot, but now multiple spots each. You are excited with these guys being our big three in terms of offensive line depth, Red or Pewter? I'm definitely going Pewter on this one here. I mean, but is it enough? Do you think it's enough? Should we go after maybe a few more? Um, But we, for the first time in a long time, 
have depth in the offensive line. See, any one of these guys, Haig, Shipley, Wells, any one of those guys can be a starter for about maybe the bottom half of the, of the, of the well, but they would still have a starter position. Um, I'm incredibly happy with it. Um, the bigger question for me, though, is do we need more? Do we need more depth? Because like you mentioned before, we, with the COVID outbreak, we don't know. Like, is half the team going to have to sit out one or two games? Is it going to, like, affect our – is it going to affect, you know, Ryan Jensen? Is it going to affect Wirfs? Is it going to – we don't know. So I'm going pewter on this one. I'm very, very happy, but I want us to try to go after a few more guys. What do you think, Tones? Yeah, I'm with you there. I think pewter, and I'll explain more in a minute, but I do agree with you of getting more depth at the offensive line position. It's never a bad thing, and especially when you have had a lineman who is kind of expressed to opt out in Donovan Smith. You never know if Smith oh, yeah. might always turn the corner and opt out. We have a rookie at Tristan Worse. These are two guys I'm going to put trust in this year, but a rookie, a guy who's questioned opted out before, you never know. Um, you never know when you need the bodies, and I do agree. Josh Wells, he started for Jacksonville some games, and he looked good when he started for us in London in Detroit last year. He looked very good, actually. So there's a reason why Bruce Arians brought him back, not only for familiarity, but he looked good in the two games he did start. A.Q. Shipley, he started at numerous levels for numerous teams, Pittsburgh, Indy, Arizona. Now he's following Bruce to Tampa. And then Joe Haig. My brother's a big Colts guy. He had nothing but great things to say about Joe Haig. So these are three guys who are respected uh, starters elsewhere, but will be very good guys for Tampa. As you said, they could probably start for at least one-fourth of the teams, if not a third of the teams in the NFL. So it's going to be very good. I wouldn't mind bringing in another guy, maybe um, a guard because Shipley is a good center. These other two are more tackles, although they could play other positions. A good guard wouldn't be a bad thing either. So I do like that the Bucks are overly adding an offensive line because we still have some other guys like Zach Bailey and Stinney who do show um, progress and who do make a difference. So it will be interesting to see. And then we have undrafted free, free agents like Leverett and your guy Molchan too. So we do have guys and we do have guys competing. It'll be interesting to see. And with that being said, in terms of competing, for the final question of Red and Pewter, this one's kind of a fun one. Um, we know there's going to be depth needed in terms of every position this year, but in an aging Gronk out of retirement, especially the tight end position, Big Buck, Red or Pewter, Tanner Hudson will make the roster over Anthony Allclear this season. It would be really hard. Because all Claire has been with us for how long? He's been with us for a while now, right? Yep. A couple seasons now, opposed to Hudson was last year. Out of the two, who's the better blocker, do you think? Uh, I'd say, I feel like all clear just based on his frame, he is a little bit of a bigger frame, so I'm going to lean with all clear. But I do think Hudson brings in the ball better. Do we? Oh, man, that is hard. That's a good one, Tones. 
this has been our most uh, puzzling one to this point. Yes, it has. <sighs> I'm going to go red. I, I like... All Claire has been with us for a while. There's a familiarity there. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that knows the system who can step in and he's been with us for, you know, Bruce wants him there. And like you said, Gronk might or might not have a second season with us. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. We don't know. Um, to, and then who knows if there might be a trade opportunity looming where we get a give away either Bray or Howard because of our such a deep puddle of, of tight ends. It's a, it's more like an ocean um, with how these guys play. So I think you would need to have somebody there to kind of be familiar with the system. I'm going all clear. I will say red. Yeah, this one's about a, as tough as a call as it is. I wouldn't mind the Bucks keeping one on the roster, one on the practice squad as a reserve. Another team would probably – another. let's be honest, so if one of these guys was on the practice squad, they'd get scooped up in a heartbeat. Both of these guys have the potential to be a second uh, solid tight end on the NFL roster. So uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Pewter. I got faith in Tanner uh, Hudson. Okay. No, no, I was just trying to be different. I'm going red. I agree with you. I agree with the famili- familiarity aspect of things. I'm consistent in that statement, so I'm going to be consistent here. All clear brings more familiarity to the offense. And uh, I really don't think you could go wrong with either guy, but I think all clear has a better shot of making it. As you said, he's one of Bruce's guys. So it will be interesting, though. I guess I didn't expect Hudson to be around this long either, to be honest. So, I mean, we've seen leg get cut this offseason. One of these guys may get cut. But um, either way, these two guys have a great opportunity in learning from three of the better tight ends around the league. O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Bray. I mean, you have the chance to learn in a tight end room with those guys. I think yeah. either of these guys are going to be successful fourth tight ends. But in future, as you said, Gronk might be gone next year. Bray or Howard could get traded or cut to save money. I think that these guys do have potential to be solid, not only fourth or third tight ends, but number two tight ends on the Buccaneers in the future, no matter who our number one is. It'll be a close call to see who wins this battle, but I don't know. That was a fun episode or a fun segment of Red and Pewter. Now into our final thoughts on this episode. It, it, it's one of the better defenders in the NFL, but he ran into some trouble in his last few spots now, and Seattle is uh, ending was ugly. He flicked off Seattle fans in the Seattle sideline when he left the field due to an injury because they wouldn't give him that guaranteed money. Then he left the Chiefs at the altar last offseason to sign a big money deal with the Baltimore Ravens only to get in fights with um, Clark, their other safety this offseason. So Earl Thomas has been cut by Baltimore, and I see Bucks fans weeping to sign him. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this isn't Madden, okay? Uh, we can't just go out there. It's the same thing as Jamal Adams. It's the same thing as any veteran cut. Big Buck, I don't know. I don't think – I A, I really don't want the guy anymore for his personality <laughs> reasons, and B, I don't want him for the money I think he'd demand. Big Buck, what do you think? It just kind of depends on what he wants, you know? If he wants a big money contract, I mean, first of all, good luck, you know. But this guy can really sign anywhere. There are definitely a dozen or so teams out there that 
could upgrade the safety position with him for sure. We are not one of those teams. <laughs> Bruce would rather probably walk on hot coals than to sign Earl Thomas. And that would probably be less painful. <laughs> Earl, Earl Thomas. He just is a hot. Hey, he's a handful. Honestly, he's a big handful. And do we really want to go through that drama? He, if he wants to sign up, win a Super Bowl with us, and maybe what what's the minimum for safeties? Like maybe a million, maybe do bear. <laughs> yeah, a million, I think. Like that's yeah, win a ring with us, get a million bucks, you know. But we don't absolutely need him, Buccaneer fans. We've been through this before. We don't need any, every single free uh, free agent that comes our way. We don't we're we don't we don't need to. But kudos for um, for Jason Light for making us spoiled, pretty much. Yeah, one hundred percent spoiled. Because every time when we see somebody getting cut, oh, maybe he can be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Maybe he can be a part of us, you know. But Tampa Bay Tampa Bay fans, no. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Tones, send it away. Yeah, it's like a you know a dog or an animal that wants a treat. Yeah, you might <laughs> want the treat, but is that treat good for you? No, you don't need it. No, it's bad. Okay, it's bad. <laughs> Earl Thomas, great player. You know he had his success, but now he's a bad, bad guy. And I don't mean that. In a, I mean this guy has been caught in beds with his uh, brother and, you know, oh, with loads of ladies. That. He got <laughs> stiff-armed in that bedroom from Derrick Henry in the Titans game, perhaps. And now this guy got in a fight at practice. He flicked off fans. Yeah, yeah, that would be a great look. Um, no, no, just no. Sorry, Earl. You'll probably end up in Cleveland. Um, oh. I'm trying to – Cleveland or Cincinnati seem like good outlets for you, brother. So, I don't know. You are a hell of a player if, you know, you're not going to listen to this. But if you do, I do give you props for being a good player. But go hang out in one of those cities we don't want you or need you here in Tampa and Bruce's bigger fish to fry. Um, it's been another great episode of the Bucketeers. I love doing these. I love being able to talk bucks with not only my brother, Big Bukowski, but with you ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters who are listening. Again, we pray for all of you who are in the um, southeastern um, part of the United States right now for the hurricane or anywhere in the United States or, um, encountering violence right now. We, we wish you guys will stay safe and healthy um, dealing with COVID too. It's a big battle right now so just keep fighting thanks for tuning in be on the lookout next week for our listeners big buck any last thoughts just stay safe out there tampa we love you yep yep we do love you we love you all over the globe so that's it for big buckowski for tricky tones follow us on twitter at bucketeers b-u-c-c-a-t-e-e-r-s until next week we'll be back with more great bucks news coverage and content and maybe an announcement and joining a network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, catch us on Spotify, Google Play, amongst other things. Goodbye.